needs to be people with, with that are searching out God, that are, that are doing the things they need to do. But I tell you, we need war. We need prayer warriors in this church. And, I, and what I, my prayer is that by the time we get through these series, that we'll have prayer warriors to fight, not just in this church, but in your homes. You're struggling in your homes. If you've lost something going on in your mind or your attitude or your life, it's because your prayer life is weakened. You should have joy. You should have peace. And the moment you don't, something's going on. Are we all messed up today? So how important is prayer in your life? It's the most important thing in your life. I don't know, I don't know how else to say it. It's the most important thing in your life. Now I'm going to take you some scriptures here. If we get this going here, we'll get up on the screen. and uh, I'm going to show you, some things, show you some things about prayer in the very beginning here that you're probably not going to think, wow, I didn't, I didn't really realize that. One of the things the Bible does is, it, there, throughout the Bible, it's, it talks about prayer all the way through it. Are we getting close, guys, or should I go ahead? Okay, I'm not up here, but I'm up there. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's do something. I want you to stand and let's pray. And I'd like for you to hold hands, too. I know if you're a stranger in the church and we got a few in here, that's Okay. Get used to it if you come, because we love for people to hold hands and pray. You know what hold hands do? You know why I like it? It brings us together. It unites us together as a church. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, I thank you that you've called us to prayer. I thank you that we have a new year getting ready to take place. But Lord, more than anything, I thank you for your son, the mediator, that we can come to you, that you hear our prayers. Not only do you hear them, you answer our prayers. Father, I ask you for the next several weeks that we are just devoted to learning about prayer, that this church will be a, a beacon, a light, so, so bright. Father, that these young children in this area would want to come here. The parents would want to bring them here. Father, I ask you for the hearts of these people, that their families that are hurting or are in disorder in some way, that they would fall to their knees in prayer. For those that think they're okay and those that think they don't need it, Father, those are the ones that probably need it the most. I'm asking you to open up our hearts today that we may search out that we need prayer in our lives, in our families, in our church. Father, would you bless these several weeks? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. You all right? Huh? Sin separates men from God. Sin separates men from God. The unbeliever's prayers from God. Let me stop there for a minute. Sin, we know that sin is not allowed in heaven, right? right. We know it's not going. Not, not one sin, that, not, if you did everything perfect in your life except for one thing, you're not going. 
Sin separates you from God. So if sin separates us from God, now the believer, we are washed in the blood of Christ, so our sin is not seen by God. We have a mediator called Jesus Christ. The unbeliever does not. And if sin separates you from God, then your prayers as an unbeliever will also separate you from God. And I'll back that up with verses in, with verses in a minute. And that's hard for people to understand. They think, well, God listens to everybody. God will listen to your prayers, the believer's prayers, for the lost. But sin separates us from God, even the prayers. That's how important it is for the church to be the church. For the church to be praying for people, be praying for the country, be praying for your neighbors, be praying for your family, because God listens to you. Amen? You want to be blessed? Pray. Pray. And watch God bless you. If I regard iniquity, which is sin, which is willful sin, in other words, that you know it's sin, you're convicted of it, but you continue to do it. Inequity, sin. It's separation from God. And we just lost it. I'm, on, I'm up here. Now I lost it up here. Well, you're making me dizzy. If I regard inequity in my heart, everybody read that last part. Okay, so the unbeliever does not have the mediator, the mediator, Jesus Christ, in his heart, in his life, right? So what does that tell you? God doesn't hear. Because sin separates us. So it, it, it not only tells us that, it tells us how important it is for the believer to be praying for people. To be praying for people. All people. Psalm 66, 18 is where that comes from. In Proverbs 15, 29, it says, The Lord is far from the wicked. I just want to use that A for right now. The Lord is far from the wicked. In other words, he's not right there with them. He's, he's in a distance because sin separates you from God. So God separates himself from sin. He won't be around it. So how important it is for the church to be praying again. I'm going to say this over and over again. It's important that the church is praying, that we have a praying church. And to be honest with you, this church is not much of a praying church. Maybe some of you are. We've got a beautiful prayer team with Bill, but very few people on it. Our men aren't praying. Our men aren't. Let me read that. Our men are not praying. You say, well, come on, Pastor, don't get on us. Well, I'm going to get on you because I had to get on myself. We need prayer warriors. We need men prayer warriors. We need women prayer warriors. We need children prayer warriors. God's waiting on you to stand up and pray. Amen? And that's what these weeks are about. You can throw me out of the church after the five or six weeks if you want. That's what it's about. The Lord is far from the wicked. And in Matthew 7 and 21 and 23, let me go a little further here before we really get into some other things. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, talking about Jesus Christ, Lord, Lord, 
shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So we've got, we got people out there that, that are calling out to the Lord, and, but God tells us around says, they're not going to enter. Just because you call out to God doesn't give you a free ticket to heaven because you've called out with the wrong heart. Does that make sense? Because the sin that you live in has separated you from God, and you're not really meaning business with God. You've got an alternative plan that you're trying to, to make God accept, and God won't accept that. He'll only accept a, a heart that is ready to allow him to come in and complete surrender to him. Amen? Everybody agree with that? So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's the difference. And the will of God, which we'll talk more about that in prayer later on. But the will of God. In other words, you're, you're turning your life over to God. You're changing, becoming more Christ-like. You're studying, you're praying, you're understanding, you're helping others. We come closer to God. Those are the ones. Those are the ones that have, that have left willful sin behind. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect because you're not. But at least you should be convicted when you do something wrong. Those are the ones. Many will say to me in that day, in the day of judgment, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And I know a lot of you here know these scriptures very well. Prophesize, it means preaching. I prophesize when I preach. My future and all the future we know is already written down. I don't need to know it. It's here. It's preaching. So do we not preach in your name? Do we not tell the good news? No, we're talking about churchgoers here. We're not talking about people out in the street. We're talking about people that go to church. I'm not talking about the believers. I'm talking about people that walk through the doors of the church. And this is what there's too many of today. We need believers that really want to believe, that really want to pray, that really want to get close to God. Everybody awake? That's what we're looking for here. Just give me a handful. Let's do it. We've got to do it this way. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons? Wow, they, they've done some pretty remarkable things. Cast out demons? In your name? And done many wonders in your name? Well, they're, they're, it's, it's all about them. Have you noticed that? Haven't we done this? Haven't we done that? That's the difference. And they'll throw in Jesus' name there. They're churchgoers, but they're not believers of Christ. It's a scary situation to be in, yet God puts it in his word that we can see it. Everybody with me? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, this is the Lord speaking, Jesus speaking, listen to this, I never knew you. But see, they're, aren't they praying? Aren't they saying they're praying? And aren't they saying, well, we did this and did that? You know, Satan can do a lot of things. He's a deceiver. He can look like the light. He can be like a beautiful angel. He can be like something beautiful in your life. It's not God. It's Satan. 
He can do those things. It's in the Bible. The Bible says these things. You have to be understanding of God's word. You have to know what the Bible says, that you're not deceived. There's churches everywhere that are deceived by this. There's good people out there that are deceived by this. You say, well, I hope they're saved. Well, they're not. And you need to be praying for them. It's clear who's saved and who's not saved. It's clear who knows the word of God and who does not know the word of God. There's no in-between there. It's clear. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Look at that word, depart from me. How many words is that? Depart from me. The three dangerous, most scary words in the Bible. Can you imagine going up there thinking you're going to get into heaven, all the things you've done? God says, depart from me. Not only he says that, he says, you who practice, what's that word? Lawlessness. In other words, you practice the willful sin. You've been deceived. And you're not allowing God to, to take that out of your life. You've been deceived by a great evil called Satan. Through repentance and forgiveness, the believer is granted access to God through prayer. Amen? Through repentance. In other words, repentance, a turnaround, a change, a, a complete change, and forgiveness, because God forgives me when I repent. The believer, not everybody, but the believer is granted access to God through prayer. In John 15, 7, it reads, If you abide in me, What's that mean? If you abide in me, in other words, if, if I abide in Jesus Christ, not, not, in, not in fairy tales, not in what people think, but in God. If I abide in him, if me and him are together, the Holy Spirit lives within me. If I am his child and my words abide in you, God's word, the Bible, if I think about these, if I pray over these, if, if this is my life, not a Sunday morning life, but an everyday life. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And let me tell you, your desires change. Amen? You'll quit asking to win the lotto, and you'll ask for the lost souls to be saved. You'll ask for the things of the kingdom of God. And you will ask what you desire, and it shall be what? Done for you. There's stipulations all through this, and we're, we're going to go through it more as we go on. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. In Proverbs 15, 29b, again, it says, but the... But he hears the prayers of the righteous. He hears your prayers. I got, there's so much good stuff in this sermon, I've got to keep on going. I've got some stuff I want to go through. 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God. Amen? It is not Satan. There is one God. And it's not you. There is one God. One mediator. Everybody say mediator. One mediator. His name is Jesus Christ. He's my Lord. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He died for me. It's not a fairy tale. It's written down. It's a book of facts. It's a big book of truth. It's a book of love. 
your prayer life's right, let's go throw this in there. If your prayer life's right, most everything else will start to be right in your life. Amen? Most everything else starts to fall in place in your life. You start to see the, the clear difference between the, the deceit of Satan and the goodness of God. It becomes black and white to you. There's not a gray area. If your prayer life is hurting, hesitating, whatever words you want to use, then Satan can confuse you. He will confuse you. He will start to throw things into your life that looks like light, but it's not light, to distract you, to turn you from the goodness and the righteousness of God. The mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. So let me see. If you don't believe that God doesn't hear the prayers of the unbelief, well, let me put this verse to you. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. That mediator is Jesus Christ. I just said that. He lives in me. When I pray, it goes through him, through his righteousness, and to God. The man, Christ Jesus. Now, an unbeliever doesn't have Jesus Christ in his life. He doesn't have him as a mediator. God expects the church to be praying for those people. Because we have the mediator. The believers have the mediator. So, once again, how important is prayer? Very important. In fact, it's the most, one of the most important things of your life. Now, I could do all kinds of things to make you feel guilty, but I'm not doing that. But I will say one, one, one question. How's your prayer life? And add to that, is God happy with your prayer life? That's, that's just between you and God. My business is to bring it to you. It's your business from that, from that moment on. Amen? You know what? I can't change anything about you. I can only preach it. It's not my job to change it. It's not my job to change this church. My job is to preach what God gives me. And for over eight years, I've tried to do that everywhere I can. Now, I've used these books many times. Which one of these waters are mine? <laughs> Any, many, mighty, mo. Kelly, you're not sick, are you? I've told a lot of you know this story. You know the story very well. The first thing I started doing when God called me before this church was even founded was started writing in the journals. This is the first one out for my very first one. I've been doing it for eight years. I do it about four to five days a week. There's not one sermon, including this sermon today, there's not one sermon that I've given you that isn't written down in that book. Not one. Every single one have come through prayer. Every single one is written in them books. There's 14 books in eight years I've written. I'm on my 14th book right now. Not one sermon, let me repeat that, not one sermon has been given to you without prayer. Now, I don't expect you to be like that because I'm the pastor. It's my job to do that. But I expect, and God expects you to be praying. Amen? He expects you to be praying, to be praying for your loved ones. In fact, he demands it. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men. The man Jesus Christ. The reason you're sitting here 
is because somebody prayed for you in your lifetime. Your mom, your dad, a stranger, somebody was praying for you. That's why you're here. Offense and defense. Everybody paying attention? Offense and defense. Now I use basketball here as a, as a reference to that because it's a fast game. I love it. Confidence and compassion. Offense and defense will bring confidence and compassion. Prayer is our tool of offense and defense resulting in confidence and compassion. Now, I'm not much of a ball player anymore because I can't bend, I can't jump, I can't run. Therefore, I'm not much of a ball player. But what I know about basketball and prayer, basketball is, is a game. It's like prayer. It's not a game, but I'm on offense. When I'm on offense, I know what I'm going to do. And when God's, if you're praying and you're on offense with God, I'm okay. No matter whether I make that basket or where I don't make that basket, as long as I'm on offense and with God, I'm okay. Now, what happens in, in basketball so quickly, a lot of times, especially with Braden, somebody has to steal the ball from him. <laughs> Slap that ball out of your hands. Well, then, then you've got to go on defense because Satan just stole something from you. And you're going on defense. Defense is not a good place to be. You want to be on offense. But you, you'll find yourself on defense a lot of times because some, something's always trying to steal what God is trying to do. Does everybody find that in your lives? Am I the only one that finds that, that, that something's always trying to steal, always trying to take away what God is trying to do in my life? He'll, he'll, I mean, Satan will bring those things around like crazy. Next thing you know, you find yourself on defense because you was lax on offense. Because I, I, I left the prayer life behind, so Satan come in and just steal something from me. The next thing I know, I'm trying to get it back. I'm trying to get back on offense. We'll always fail. But we have a mediator that will always call us back. Amen? He'll always say, here, take it. Try not to lose it. Try not to lose it. Casey, you're pretty good in ball, aren't you? You're softball. Softball. Stay on offense with God. Colossians 4 2 is how the Amplified Bible it says, Be persistent. Somebody say that word for me. Be persistent. I'm having a hard time hearing that. Be persistent and devoted to what? You think God's serious about it? What does He say? Be what? And. To prayer. prayer. Not my words. God's words. Now what does he mean by be persistent and devoted to prayer? Well, I'll pray before I go to church on Sunday morning. Mm, you're on defense. <laughs> That's not what he means. Now I noticed, Nancy, you, you, I know you pray walk on, a lot of times. You know, I saw you said well, it's going to be too cold in the morning, right? To go pray outside and pray. You know what? I'll guarantee you she's praying tomorrow morning. Maybe not out in five below. But she's praying tomorrow morning. I'll guarantee it. I won't be wrong. She'll be praying. She knows how important it is. Bill back there, I guarantee you, he'll be praying. He knows the importance of it. 
One of the reasons I love to pray is because I love God. I'm passionate about God. He's putting that in my life. If you want passion for God, then pray. Amen? If you've got struggles in your life, then pray. Be persistent and devoted to prayer. Being alert. Being alert. In other words, understanding what's going on around you, knowing who to pray for. Be alert of those who God puts in your lives. I got people that never walk in the door of this church, but I'll keep praying for them. Amen. Casey, I don't know how many times I prayed for you. And the door opened, and here's Casey, and he's here no matter what it is. I was praying for you, Casey, because I love you. Be alert and focused. Focus. In other words, focus. Focused on those that God puts you in front of you. Alert when God alerts you, when the red lights are going off. Blink, 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 blink. There's something wrong in their life. They need prayer. Let me be help and pray for them because I know that they're an unbeliever. God's not hearing the prayers. And he's called on you or me to intercede and pray for them to the mediator, Jesus Christ. There's people here today. You're here because prayer. Somebody loved you enough, thought enough of you to pray for you. Be alert and focused in your what? Prayer what? Life. With an attitude of what? Thanksgiving. In 1 John 5, 14, 15, this is the, this is the confidence which we believers are entitled to and have before him that if we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears us and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled, with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. That's John, Apostle John. What he's saying is he knows when he's praying in the will of God that God's going to answer that prayer. He doesn't doubt it. It may be a few years down the road. It may be the next minute. It may be the next hour. But he knows. He has complete confidence that because he's in the will of God and he knows what the will of God is, that God will answer that prayer. Now, I'll tell you what. I know what the will of God is sometimes in my life. I know what God wants in this church, and he wants prayer warriors. How do I know that? Because he's called me to call you to pray. Therefore, it's not my job to make prayer warriors, but it is my job or my calling to give these messages to you that you might become the prayer warrior God is asking for. Amen? It's your job. It's your job. Bill, come on up here for a minute, please, if you don't mind. This is Bill Wills. Most of you know Bill. He's been in this church since the day we opened, before that even. First thing I asked Bill to do was what, Bill? Prayer team, wasn't it? Huh? Former prayer team. Bill's in that prayer room sometimes by himself. He's still going to pray, aren't you, Bill? 
There's a little thing out there on his door that's got little things you can, and it's on my door also, little coat hangers or coat, whatever they are, and you can put your prayer on there so he can take it to the prayer team. This is a prayer team that when everybody's here, he's got three or four in there maybe, and they pray. Now, Bill will be diligent of who's going to be in that prayer team. I'm just going to tell you. If he hears things and knows things, you're not going to be on that prayer team. And I'm just going to tell you, it's for your own good. He wants a pure prayer team. I want him to have a pure prayer team, but I want him to have prayer warriors also. And what I'd like to see is come February is that that room is full, that we have men in, in there with Bill. It's mostly women, isn't it? Usually always is, isn't it? That tells you something about men. Men in there on that prayer room, they meet at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings. You'll have to take your donut in there with you or something, or before, to 9.30. 9 to 9.30 for eight years, Bill has been in that prayer room. Right, Bill? You know what motivates this church and moves this church? Prayers of all of us, but that prayer team, because we devote time to that. If you devote the time in your life to prayer, God will change everything about your life. You will become in the will of God, focused on God, and you'll be blessed so much in your life. I hope you believe me. Thank you, Bill. You're looking for a few people, Bill? Try to get you some. If I could be granted one prayer, and I sent this out this week, and I got more hits on this than anything. If I could be granted a one prayer request in 2018, it is for the crossing, this church, it would be that our Lord lift up prayer warriors. That would be my request for 2018. I don't need material things, don't care that much, don't love things, love all kinds, but that would be my, my, my prayer. Is that God will lift up prayer warriors. You know what I know about prayer warriors? You know what I know when, when people start praying? Things start happening. Amen? I mean things happen. Things happen. Things change. People come to the Lord. Lives change. The drugs are thrown out. The beer is thrown out. It's all gone. Lives change. People start to get it right. And then they come to me and they say, I can't believe I even did that. See, I get to hear these things. I can't believe I used to say those things or I used to look at those things. Because God changed you. Because prayer is prominent in that change. Amen? Things happen when prayer starts. Now, if you're satisfied with the same whatever in your life, well, have at it. But if you're not, you say, well, I study, I pray all the time. Well, keep going. Help more people. Get more blessings. Pray. Are you ready to witness the power of God through prayer? That's your God stories. These God stories, i got thousands of them. They're God stories in your life, these things that people do. Nothing moves God's heart like prayer. Nothing. Nothing. These are some of my favorite verses, and we'll close here in a minute. I love these verses. Ephesus, Ephesians is a, is a, it's a town of Ephesus. There's a lot of things happened at Ephesus. There's a lot of great theaters that were there back in the day. It was a, it was a booming town. Uh, Paul, on his second missionary journey, opened up this church. He was a church plant. He started this church. He preached there for three years. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila, a married couple, helped him with that. 
Then Paul would move on and he'd come back on the third missionary journey to it again. And Timothy would be the Timothy ended up being a pastor for a while, young young man under Paul. There was two men in the church. I can't pronounce their names, strange names. They caused a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache. They came in with, they were Jews, of course, and they came in trying to bring some of the old into it. Legalism, traditions, whatever. They wanted to bring all that in there with that, and Paul stood firm in that. It cannot happen. But he was praying for those men. That church was in trouble. And Paul knew it, and Paul kept praying and praying. But in the book of Revelation in chapter 2, starting in verse 1, verse 4 being the most prominent one, it says, you left your first love. And it was talking about this church. The Apostle Paul, the man he was, with 13 books in the New Testament, and all his prayers for this church couldn't change the church because the church didn't want change. Is that scary or what? It wasn't a church of prayer. If it was a church of prayer, it would have changed. And Jesus says in the book of Revelation, it says, you've left your first love. You left your first love. That means there wasn't anybody praying in that church according to God's will. Now that doesn't say that they weren't they wasn't thinking they were doing it right. We've already learned that in Matthew and other places. They can think they're doing it right, but they weren't. Because it tells us in Revelation, you left your first love. Chapter 2, verse 4. But Paul, this is the prayer for this church. Listen to it closely. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when he says he bow his knees, it means he's down. He, he's on his knees. He's crying out. He's crying out for this church, these people that he loves. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. He's praying that God would intervene in this church. That God would take over and control of this church. He's praying as he believes in God's will because that's just what, exactly how we're supposed to pray. But the people of the church obviously didn't pay attention. They were too busy doing this and that and their camels needed washed. Their hair needed cut. It started snowing a little bit. There's a show to go to. The next week there's another one. The next week there's another one. The next week there's another excuse. Until they quit praying and lose confidence in God. The family starts to ravel apart. It all starts to fall apart. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Amen? Through faith. This is Paul's crying out prayer for the church. That Christ, through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, with all the churches, comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height of God. 
That's my words of God. As you pray, as you come together, you start to see the, the, the depth of God, the width of God, who he is, well, how, well, how important the church is, how important the word of God is, how important you are to God. You start to realize, man, that, that, that God, he loves me. And the more you pray, the more you comprehend. Amen? If I want to learn what a book says, I have to read it. Don't I? Or you can go to the movie and take shortcut. Maybe we got too many people wanting to go to the movie and take a shortcut instead of reading the Word of God. You saw a movie and you, you take it, or you look off the History Channel, which is all nonsense. Don't you believe that junk? The Word of God cannot be replaced by something of man. You've got to pick it up. You've got to pray, and you've got to read. Amen? That's where you get it, individually, in your prayer closet, in your war room, whatever you want to call it, in your car, whatever you want to call it, wherever it may be, out walking, whatever it is, between you and God, prayer. And you'll come to find out that that is the most important thing in your life. And I'm going to tell you one of the hardest things in your life is getting started. Paul knows that he writes this, it's a hard thing to get started because you have got everything piled up on top of you. Satan uses every bit of that to stomp you down and try to convince you that that preacher doesn't have any idea what he's talking about and that's an old book. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth. If you allow God five minutes of complete devotion no noise, no nothing, then the next day it'll be 10 minutes because you start to find something that you never found before in your life, that God loves you and he wants to share who he is with you. And eight years later, you'll write 14 books. Nobody can read them because nobody can read my writing. <laughs> Vicki will live longer than me because she's the only one that can read anything That love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and depth, and height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Wow. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. This knowledge that man thinks he has is so much more, and you'll find it when you pray. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is the, a pastor's prayer for his church. Because he knows it's in trouble. He knows there's people coming in that are from evil, from, from Satan, that are going to distract, take focus off, do everything they can to destroy what God started. The fullness of God. In verse 20 it says, Now to him, that's a capital H, that means God, Jesus. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, you understand that sometimes when you're praying that God will give you more than you ever thought you ever thought you could pray for? Do you ever? <laughs> I never thought in my life the people I've prayed with, the people I've led to the Lord, the people I've baptized, this church, I never thought in my life that would ever be my life. Never. There's only one thing that changed that. 
A calling from God to prayer. Right here. That's the only thing that changes it. To be vigilant with that. When you get to heaven, for those that you believe in Jesus Christ, it tells us we're going to have crowns and all kinds of things given to us. We'll give them back because we'll understand when we see the glory of God that we didn't, we're not worthy of them. It was only through him that we even get them. But he still shows us them. Those are the, those are the gifts that, we, that he's given us to give to other people, the people that we've talked to about Jesus, the people that have come to Christ, the people that we've prayed for. Those are the rewards of that. I don't know what mine's going to look like, and it doesn't matter. But when I see people come to the Lord and change, I get those gifts today. Amen? Where's Buddy? Buddy in here? Buddy, my old faithful buddy, the big old bear back here. Used him many times. Buddy's a little rough around the edges. I ain't going to tell you that. He's a little rough. He's an ancient buddy. He's a little rough. He looks a little rough. He is a little rough. But that man's got a heart for God. Amen? he got a heart for God. Don't you let buddyisms fool you. They're good ones. John Blackwell, he got a heart for God. He's quiet a lot, but he's got a heart for God. Don't let his quietness sometimes fool you. God uses all of us, no matter what we look like, no matter what people think of you. And if you're praying, you'll see the answered prayer. Some of you say, I've been praying for people in my family forever, and it seems like they're never going to get it. You keep praying because more glory to God's going to be given because God changes that heart. Amen? I can tell you for years, buddy paid for his boys, and I've used them many times. He prayed for those boys. They don't miss a Sunday. A couple years now, isn't it? Are they perfect? I doubt it. I'll be honest with you, I doubt it. They probably do things I don't agree with. But boy, I love them, and I'm going to pray for them. Amen? Because it took a long time for me to get my theology lined up with God's. Amen? To get God's direction in my life. Now, when you know something's sin, quit sinning. If you don't, look out. God's got a lot of grace, but he's got a, he's got a limit to it. Wrath will come. He loves you, but he wants you to change. Now, to him who is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Look at that. Am I, am I running late? The power that works in, everybody say, us. You've got power. Do you understand that? You've got power that works in you. That power is prayer. And when you pray, things happen. God starts putting people in your life. One of the things that never leaves my mind is, I used to have a, when I worked out for years, six years, I had this instructor. She's, as far as I know, she's still lost. But I loved her and I prayed for her. And I, when I first started working out with her, uh, she was having some issues, and she was telling me about them. You know, she would always tell me these things, and I would tell her what the Bible says. She was interested. I remember one time I put the track at the YMCA down in Brown County. It was about early in the morning, 
And she was telling me about some issues in her life. And I grabbed a hold of her and I said, let's just pray right now. I started praying out loud with her. And she thought that was the weirdest thing in the world. But you know what? God didn't. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget her eyes when I looked into her eyes and saw that she needed that. Amen? She needed to know that there was a God that cared about her. She needed to know that there was a person that didn't care what the other people thought. That would grab a hold of her and hold her and love her and pray for her. Amen? That's what she needed because she was separated from God. But I wasn't. And some of you aren't either. Be bold. Be confident with prayer. I got many God stories on prayer. We'll leave that one right there. And we're going to close for just a second. In us, in verse 21, to him be glory in the church. Be glory at the lake. Be glory at the whatever. Nope, it's be glory in the church. Not be glory in the woods, but be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. That means until he comes back. Forever and ever, amen. That's Paul's prayer to his church. Yet that church is mentioned in the book of Revelation that it left its first love. Paul will pour all he's got into that church. Timothy will, others will. Not because of the people, but because of God. Amen? They love God through prayer. I'm just going to tell you, I know some of you are far away from God in prayer. I see it. I know it. I could call you out on it. You'd have to shake your head, yes. You need to get praying. Amen? You want a New Year's resolution? I got a, I got a bunch of them. I'll, most of them will come and go. But prayer will always be there. You know how I know? Because I've been doing it year after year after year, and I love it. It's not a fad. It's not a fable. I talk to God. God talks back to my heart. My Bible's opened. I'm ready to pay attention. I'm ready to hear. I'm ready to listen to the will of God. Let's stand. Words for the week. Words for the week. Prayers will always be answered when is what? Is sought beyond? There you go. <laughs> Prayers will always be answered when the will of God is sought beyond the will of ourselves. And I got one verse for you that I want everybody to read at the same time. It's out of Second Chronicles 6:40. It reads like this: Now, my God, I pray, let your eyes be open and let your ears be attentive to the Prayers made in this church. Now the rest of you. Now. I don't know where your prayers lives are. Most of you. Some of them I do. See it all over you. 
Some of you treat God like a, like a friend. He is your friend, but he's much more than that. He's God. A friend we can do whatever we want with. This is God. He died for you. He took the pain of that, the humiliation of that. And he doesn't take it lightly. So why on earth does the church take it lightly? 